Hello, it's Friday, the 8th of November, 2019, and this is Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, episode 125. Before we get started, please don't forget to follow me on all social media at Autonomous Hogue. Leave a five-star rating and written review over on Apple Podcasts, and if you're so inclined, please feel free to leave a written testimonial over at markhogue.com. So today, ich bin in München. Well, actually, I was in Munich. I'm not there now. I just don't know the past tense of Sein. Um, I review, unofficially anyway, the Volvo XC60 by accident. And Korea makes some pretty big news with their autonomous vehicle plans. All this right now. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, so. It is a bit late in the day. Hopefully you're well on your way to kicking off your Friday evening festivities, or if you're elsewhere in the world, I suppose, well on your way to the weekend. Um, But if you remember last episode, I had shared with you that I'll be in Munich all of last week, and uh, I got back late Sunday night. Um, So I want to share with you a bit about what took place in Munich, why I was there. Excuse me. Um, But first of all, a quick shout out to... Oscar Slotosh, he's the he's one of the well he's the co CEO of Munich based Validas. They are sort of a um, software development uh, company in Munich. They do all sorts of uh, they're, they're essentially experts in library and tool qualification. They're an innovation partner for method and tool use, and they're the pilot user and developer for model based methods. Um, I the the reason I'm calling Oscar out um, is because. I had the chance to meet with him. He was kind enough to give my wife and me a really fantastic tour around Munich on our incredibly jet-lagged first day of arrival. Um, And he shared something with me that, that, frankly, it's not the first time I've heard such a thing, although admittedly not quite to this degree. Um, He had shared with me the extent to which my podcast had really practically benefited both him individually, but also their company. And... Um, I'm a bit at a loss for words other than, uh, you're welcome. I don't know really what to say to that. That's a pretty incredible thing to be told, a pretty amazing thing to hear. So in the past I had heard such things as, oh, thanks to, thanks to my podcast, people had been introduced to one another. People had made new connections that they had never previously had. Um, but to be told that it's had a genuine practical impact on a business, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. So anyway, Oscar, it is, of course, my pleasure. And obviously a huge thank you again for your incredible kindness and hospitality uh, upon our arrival in Munich. Um, also, I should mention uh, his co-CEO, Peter Braun. Uh, great to meet you in Munich at the event at Matrix. Um, 
But that said, just one last quick shout out to Florian Petit. If that name sounds familiar, you'll remember a few episodes back, we chatted with Florian. He's the CEO and founder of Blickfelt. They are the makers of uh, a MEMS LiDAR device. So really great to finally meet with you and the rest of your team. So thanks very much for having us indeed. So then let me tell you a bit about Munich while we're out there. So um, the company Matrix, uh, they're just outside the northern end of Munich. They are a software development company. Um, They develop such things as ECU software, that sort of thing. Um, They integrate, for example, uh, AutoZar testing and verification and rollout and this sort of thing. Um, I was invited out there with a colleague of mine. I say colleague, really uh, one of two founding partners for a thing, um, which we're not officially announcing yet. But if you connect the dots, I think you'll very quickly start to piece it all together. Uh, Here's a hint. If you end up going to markhoag.com, if you've been trying to get to markhoag.com lately, you'll notice a bit of fancy 301 redirecting. Um, but in any event, so so this uh, this this colleague of mine, uh, you might recognize his name, Martin Adler. He's He's been on our podcast in the past. So we were invited to the Matrix offices to give a bit of a presentation. The discussion was safety, law, and economics of autonomous vehicles. I, too, had a separate one-on-one conversation strictly about the legal aspects of autonomous vehicles. So I'm not going to get too much much into this right now. Uh, Suffice to say, if you're interested at all, the videos are posted over at the Matrix YouTube page, um, as well as our homepage. Uh, Matrix, by the way, is spelled M-A-T-R-I-C-K-Z, or Z, for those of you who are so inclined. So the conversations were really great. The audience interaction was really fantastic. We had a lot of great Q&A. Um, I, the, what was really great and what I really want to kind of call out from that event, though, is and it's something that, you know, I guess we've all thought about it, but it's never really, mm, it's never really kind of materialized as succinctly as that evening at the Matrix offices when we gave this, this, this presentation, which is it's this notion of acceptance. And when I say acceptance, I mean it in every sense of the word, high level, low level, all the layers in between. It's it's kind of this question of what will it take? What will it be for people to really be okay with autonomous cars? And I say people, and I mean, again, all the different layers of people at every aspect of society, whether it's lawmakers, whether it's consumers, whether it's producers, um, the different socioeconomic classes, the the fitness of individuals, whether they are the young who don't want their licenses anymore, whether it's the elderly or the infirm or the otherwise unfit to drive. And and what we realized giving this talk was that if there was one topic about which there was virtually zero overlap, virtually zero, uh, I guess, uh, you know, just just no kind of accord whatsoever as between anybody in that room that night, it was surely the issue of acceptance. And the more we talked about it, the more we realized it's not only a challenging question to answer, indeed, it might even be, well, certainly one of, if not the most challenging questions to answer about autonomous vehicles, because it is such a profoundly um, rooted thing in society, and it's so varied in its responses, depending on the, the the culture from which you're answering. 
So it's not just that it's difficult to answer, but what we discovered was, most crucially, it's very difficult to ask the questions correctly without, you know, accidentally kind of biasing the answers in some direction or another. So I'm I'm, I'm intentionally not going to get too much more into this right now because this is a tremendously huge conversation, number one, and number two, um, because frankly, I think it's worth maybe giving those videos a watch. Um, take a look. See what you think, um, and then certainly get back to me however you like on Twitter or elsewhere. Besides, um, again, you can find these videos by going to YouTube and searching for Matrix, M-A-T-R-I-C-K-Z. Or you can head on over to MarkHogue.com, and um, you'll, you'll find the videos there on the, on, the site, <laughs> on the site that you're directed to, redirected to. Um, but again, that's a separate issue, uh, which we'll be announcing officially, officially uh, in the coming uh, month or so, I should imagine. Right, so let's let's move on then to the Volvo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this was a pretty pleasant surprise. So when my wife and I arrived in Munich, we had the incredibly good fortune, thanks to Enterprise Rental at the Munich airport, uh, which, by the way, huge hat tip to the whole team there at the Enterprise airport. For reasons you'll see in a moment, what a fantastic, amazing team. Thank you all so much indeed for this really astonishing rental experience. Because first of all, we got placed in the seat of an essentially brand new Audi A6 TDI, which was about as amazing as you can imagine, and yet even more so considering it was pretty much optioned up to the gills with, well, to my very pleasant surprise, all the latest sort of semi-autonomous driving kit that Audi provides. So this was pretty great fun, uh, especially considering how jet-lagged we were. Okay, it was only 20 minutes from the airport to our hotel in Schwabing, Nevertheless, or I should say, especially, you know, because of the jet lag, that the, the semi-autonomous kit was very welcome indeed. Uh, except there was just one small problem. Um, we must have been five minutes out of our hotel when suddenly an oil warning light appeared, saying, I, I believe it said, "Warning: less than one liter of oil remains." Well, this was a bit alarming because this is a brand new car. Number one, oil doesn't tend to just sort of, well, evaporate and Number two, a new car doesn't just sort of run out of oil unless there's a leak. So suffice to say, of course, I gave Enterprise a call. And next thing we knew, um, while we were taking a walk through the English gardens in Munich, which if you know them, they are incredible. If you don't, you must check them out. Um, Got a phone call and they said to me that, um, hey, don't worry, we're going to swap cars for you. Good. It's at the hotel. Not a problem. We'll go there. We'll we'll swap your car. You'll have a new car. When you return, it's going to be a new Volvo XC60. Uh, I thought, okay, that's pretty great. Um, and oh yeah, by the way, what's your favorite beer? I was asked. I said, what? Surely I misheard. I uh, know, really, what's your favorite beer? And I kind of laughed and I said, well, you know, I love all the German beers. They're all delicious because of course. Okay, cool. Anyway, we got back to the hotel and next thing I know, uh, you know, I go to see the car and there's an XC60 uh, sitting there waiting for us. Beautiful shade of gray. 
get inside and lo and behold, there's two massive cans of, uh, I guess it was Paulana beer, a Hefeweizen beer, and um, a couple sticks of chocolate, German chocolate. So uh, that was pretty remarkable. So not only did we get a new car, but we also got beer and chocolate, which have never gone together in the history of the world. But yeah, huge thank you again to the Enterprise crew. Thank you so much indeed. Um, Right, but we're not here to talk about beer and chocolate, although we certainly could. What we are here to talk about is that Volvo, because wow, what a thing. What an amazing, amazing thing. Um, I've had some experience in the past with the, um, well, the first generation of the new XC90 that rolled out in uh, 2015, I believe, maybe 2016. And as you may have read, it had all sorts of issues. But at the time, it really was one of, kind of one of the best options you had, I mean, if not a Tesla, one of the best options you had for an affordable, nice, comfortable, beautiful vehicle with semi-autonomous tech. Now, at the time, that tech was fairly limited. Um, the sort of lane keep, the active lane keep assist that it had, I guess Volvo calls it, uh, what does Volvo call it? Uh, Pro Pilot, I think. Um, or Drive Pilot, something like that. Yeah, Drive Pilot, I guess. Um, it, it only worked at sort of crawling stop and go speeds up to, I want to say, uh, 30 miles per hour or so. But look, it worked really well, except when it didn't. Anyway, this was the, this was a brand new XC60 and I was absolutely shocked. It did an astoundingly good job. Um, I mean, this was on German freeways, which okay. So, so when they when they were speed limited, uh, they were limited to let's see if I remember now. I want to say maybe 120 kilometers an hour, which is what 65, 70 miles per hour. Um, and of course, there were a few bits that I got to experience. Thank the driving gods uh, that were de-restricted entirely. And during which time I saw speeds up around 180 kilometers an hour. So what is that, like 110, 115 miles per hour? And I got to say, the lane keep assist in that thing was absolutely superb, like phenomenal, like Tesla good. Um, Okay, sure, it couldn't do all the fancy things that Tesla does, nor am I, you know, nor do I believe that it'd be capable of all sort of you know, the evasive maneuvers that Tesla can do to avoid someone sideswiping you or avoiding an animal on the road, like we've all surely seen now uh, on, on the YouTubes. But man, for just for just driving along and keeping on its way at pretty much any speed, it just did phenomenally well. Now, I should mention the Audi too, what little I got to enjoy of it anyway, uh, also did a really good job. Um, thing is though, it was... Uh, yeah, I didn't have enough time with it, but but honestly, I do feel that the Volvo felt more competent. The neat thing about the Audi was that it seems like it was always in a semi-autonomous mode without me even invoking it. So what I mean was, it was that while driving along, without activating anything whatsoever, it it kind of always seemed to have a very active lane keep assist constantly engaged. So effectively, if I took my hands off the wheel, it's as if I had something rather like autopilot engaged. And of course, if cruise control were on, well, that was adaptive cruise control. So without really doing anything at all, it was kind of in an always on, sort of a perpetually always on uh, semi-autonomous state. So that was that was actually kind of neat. Um, but again, in the short time that I had it to enjoy it on the freeway, I just don't, I, I don't, I mean, granted, I was super jet lagged. I just don't remember feeling... Um, that it was superb, merely that it was pretty nice to have, pretty good. The Volvo, in contrast, 
And this was the next day of our arrival in Munich. So, so I had a much longer time to drive it. We ended up driving through a bit of the German countryside on the way to go visit the beautiful, if historically a bit ridiculous, Neuschwanstein Castle. Um, yeah, that is the castle, I believe, on which Disney's castle is modeled, which yeah, it is beautiful. Just go, even if locals will say it's a bit silly and why would you go see it? Um, but, but yeah, during that drive really had a tremendous amount of time to drive the Volvo. And you know what's something that's amazing is that it never once bothered me. It never annoyed me. Everything just worked. And I know I'm going to keep coming back to say this again, but that lane keep assist and the semi-autonomous functionality of the drive pilot or, or pro pilot, whatever it's called, uh, it just worked. Honestly, the best of any system that I've experienced this side of a Tesla. So... Yeah, that's that's. I think that's probably all I want to say about it. Um, so if you haven't had a chance, maybe go check out the XC60. It's a really phenomenal thing. I mean, I really like it. Like, like we would seriously consider getting it. We like it so much. Um, right, enough about the Volvo. Let's talk about Korea, because they're doing a pretty amazing thing. They've made some pretty spectacular announcements. Check this out. So in an announcement, which is frankly so overflowing with news and announcements and, and and just incredible initiatives that I don't really have much of a choice other than to kind of just read you bits of this of this press release. Um so so you could you can actually check it out yourself. It's at the Korea Times uh website. The title is Korea to commercialize fully automated vehicles by twenty twenty seven. Yeah that's right. Korea apparently will fully commercialize And the word choice is fully automated vehicles in just seven years. Now, before getting into the details, yeah, I'm not really sure how they're defining fully automated because obviously if you take it literally, that would mean level five. But but if we kind of try to unpack this article a bit, I'm I'm pretty sure they're discussing level four, which by the way, I'm I'm totally fine with that. As you know, as you all know by now, I'm actually a huge proponent of frankly forgetting about level five and just focusing entirely on level four. And if you remember, I've been saying for the better part of a year that the first company, or in this case, the first country that prioritizes level four and actually commercializes these things, gets them on the road, these sort of tightly geofenced or even broadly geofenced deployment of level four vehicles, treating them as the virtual trains that they are, they will win the race. And well, it looks like that's that's what Korea is trying to do. So so let's kind of go through this bit by bit. I'm just going to kind of pick pieces out of here. So first of all, yeah, as I said, so the, the goal is to f- commercialize fully automated vehicles by 2027 and to increase uh, more economical vehicles, including electric uh, and fuel cell vehicles as well, to a whopping 33%. Uh, this up from the current uh, two-ish percent um, by 2030. So that's that's an incredible, incredible goal. And to accomplish this, they're going to be investing a whopping 60 trillion won, Korean won. That's about 50, it's nearly $51 billion, all of this to be invested by 2025. And Hyundai, the largest automaker is going to be contributing a staggering 41 trillion won uh, out of the 60. So 
taking a step back for a moment, you'll remember we announced, what, a week or two ago? We shared with you the news that, of course, Hyundai and Aptiv had partnered up. The idea was that Hyundai needed the the technical know-how that Aptiv could provide in the field of autonomous vehicle development. Of course, Aptiv needed the manufacturing know-how that Hyundai provides to develop autonomous cars. So then now we can see where this is all going. This all makes sense. All the pieces are coming together. It makes perfectly good sense that Hyundai and Aptiv would work together. They created a joint venture. It's not like Hyundai technically acquired Aptiv, but rather they've come together to form this this joint venture. Um, yeah, so now we know why. So so their goal is to really become the, the number one, as they say, the powerhouse in the future vehicle industry by 2030. Uh, this, of course, a quote by Korean President Moon Jae-in. So, so this is really an astonishing thing. And if I sound totally in disbelief, it's not due to lack of faith, but rather this is just so cool. I don't even know what to say. Um, th- this is amazing stuff, right? And and so but there is one detail that I do kind of want to call out. If you listened carefully, you'll notice I just mentioned uh, also the initiative to kind of encourage uh, um Hydrogen vehicles as well, so fuel cell, right? We've never actually talked about this on this podcast. Uh, I am not a fan at all. I just don't see the point. Frankly, I'm, yeah, I'll just say it. I'm actually pretty pissed off at Toyota for being so ridiculously stubborn with respect to pure battery electric vehicles and continuing to push hybrids and running this, I would dare say, criminally misleading advertisement campaigns against battery electrics and continuing to promote uh, just regular fuel battery, you know, petrol battery hybrids and indeed also hydrogen fuel cell vehicles. I just don't see the point. I just think it's a distraction. I think it's a waste of money. It's expensive. The infrastructure, the the, the difficulty in just transporting hydrogen from A to B, the fact that it's, oh yeah, at least a little bit combustible. That's not such a good quality. The fact that it's still kind of staying stuck back in time. I mean, the idea of going to a hydrogen fueling station pulling out a well it'll still be a pump a very high very high pressure pump at that filling your car full of this compressed hydrogen actually not gas at that point it'd be a liquid um this is just i don't know to me this is just totally ridiculous it it just seems really silly it's just kind of moving from one energy liquid fuel petrol whatever you want to call it to to, to another a gas which is compressed to such a high pressure it's now literally just turned back into a liquid again. This just doesn't make any sense. And they're really serious about it. It turns out that they're going to cut the current price of hydrogen in half uh, by 2030. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not... Look, I'm not a fan of that. But I suppose the idea is... And here's why I'm kind of okay with it in contrast to to what's going on at Toyota, for which I have zero idea actually what's going on whatsoever. So by the way, if anybody listening has any sort of thoughts on this matter, if you know anybody at Toyota, if you work at Toyota, please, please reach out to me and let's discuss this. I just want to do the deepest dive possible into what on earth is going on at Toyota. I mean, granted, this is more of an electric vehicle discussion rather than an autonomous vehicle discussion. But as we've said so often from the very beginning, all discussions of autonomous vehicles will necessarily imply uh, a discussion on electric vehicles because the two go very much hand in hand. You cannot be developing one without the other. This is just a fact. Or if you are, your company will be dead or dying in a few years. So 
Right. So so anyway, so so I guess the reason why I'm kind of okay though with, with what's going on in Korea, I, you know, if, if they want to sort of cast a really wide net and sort of you know push battery electric vehicles, which by the way I forgot to mention. So so the other thing that they're doing is um, they're going to hugely blow up the number of electric vehicle charging stations to 15,000 from the current 5,000-ish. So it's a 3x uh, expansion to the electric vehicle charge points um, by 2025. So that's just five years away from now. Um, <clears throat> and similarly, yeah, the, the, the hydrogen stations are going to grow from 30 to 660 in 10 years. They're just casting a really wide net. That's what it sounds like. And it's not like any... You know, these things don't need to be mutually exclusive. So the fact that they're kind of doing all of these things, I'm okay with that. If they want to try all the things, by all means, go for it. That's fine. What I'm not okay with is what Toyota are doing, saying, nope, not, not going to do pure battery electric, going to just stay focused on fuel hybrids and hydrogen fuel cells. That's not okay. Right. Anyway, you could tell that I could kind of go on about this for quite a while, but that's all I've got for now. Um, so anyway, this is a pretty spectacular announcement. And by the way, uh, if you combine, and these numbers are just like ridiculous, $50 billion. If you think about it and you look at what China has done too. So so initially, um, initially China had invested something like $60 billion. Um, and now they're up to 150 billion. You put all these numbers together, and it's just staggering. But you know, it is the necessary thing, because whether we're talking about autonomous or electric, it is these two technologies precisely, which done in tandem, which is precisely what we need. And but okay, so that's the that's the technical aspect. Well, what about the kind of societal aspect? Because as we've always said, one of the biggest Issues is a societal aspect, which includes matters of law and regulation. So, well, Korea's going a big step forward with that as well. And what they're going to do is to ensure that, well, first of all, they're going to remove all sorts of regulations while simultaneously setting up all the necessary infrastructure for the traffic to enable the deployment and presumably, first of all, the testing of autonomous vehicles and furthermore, they're going to ensure that all the rules and laws with respect to driver's licenses generally, as well as driver's responsibilities, are fully set up, fully fleshed out and ready to go by 2024. And indeed, they're going to have a whole new body of law, which is going to entirely support the commercialization of fully autonomous cars, which is going to take an effect as early as May of next year. This is incredible stuff. Like, I want to just get on a plane and go to Korea now and just talk with whomever the powers that be are behind all of this because this is amazing. I mean, you can hear the excitement in my voice. This is not only super cool, but but it also effectively validates what I've been saying for so long. And indeed, what I discussed to such great length uh, in Munich last week at the event that we attended at Matrix, which is... Obviously, a lot of what you've heard in the past, this notion that we are eventually going to need a fully fleshed out new body of law to support both the testing and indeed the deployment of autonomous vehicles. That's why I've been saying for so long we need 
at least here in the U.S., we're going to need eventually to have an FAVA, right, a Federal Autonomous Vehicle Administration, to handle level four and level five cars, admittedly keep levels one, two, and three in the hands of the state. But, but eventually, you need to have this framework. And what I love so much about what I'm reading here about Korea is precisely the fact that they get this. They're, they're, they're going to have this ready to go in stages, you know, during the next several years, so that by the time everything is fully, fully baked and ready to be deployed, well, guess what? The law and the infrastructure will be ready for it from every angle, not just the vehicles themselves, but the infrastructure and indeed even down to individuals' responsibilities. This is just so cool. And it exactly, exactly describes what I've been talking about all this time. So, yeah, okay, I'm just going to stop here because, yeah, I am getting a bit beside myself with excitement. Um, yeah, seriously, though, if anybody has any introductions or connections to uh, to whomever is at least somewhat involved in what's going on in Korea, please do let me know. You know, I had the pleasure once to visit Seoul um, with my wife a few years ago. Absolutely loved it. Incredible city. Besides the fact I would just love an excuse to go back there. Um, I would genuinely love to discuss this matter with whomever's involved. So seriously, if you know anybody, please do reach out to me on Twitter at Autonomous Hogue. Shoot me a note through LinkedIn or an email through my website. Um, There's just so much going on here. What an amazing, exciting, crucially important announcement. So bravo, Korea. All right, well, that is a wrap for today. And indeed, this very short week, because I was pretty jet-lagged. And now... It's time for the weekend. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening again. Until next time, that'll be on Tuesday. And oh, by the way, speaking of next time, well, okay, not immediately next time, but coming up very soon, I should say uh, in about a week, I've got a very, very cool discussion coming up with a certain someone from GM. I'll tell you more about it in the coming week ahead, but suffice to say, you're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be very cool indeed. Right, anyway, until next Tuesday... Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.